to The Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of The Freelance Dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to The Freelance Dance. Latency. What a yeah. special thing. Who, 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 uh, who can understand it, really? Who can no understand it? There's not a person in the world that can understand it. Well, we're actually back at another episode. It's pretty exciting to get back together and do another episode. So, uh, guys, this week we were talking about potential trends for 2021 in our each of our respective fields. So, do you feel like you have enough? I mean, are you ready to predict the future? That's a pretty. That's a pretty bold. Bold statement. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> sure. I can predict the future. Now, I think, I think, um, I think we can guess based off of what happened last year and where n- the needs are for our industries. So that's basically what I'm doing. Or at so least. I, I think it's interesting that you say that because if we were doing this exact same show at the same time last year, and we made that same bold prediction that we could guess based on the previous year, we would all be wildly off. Yes. True. Crazy off. But what else could possibly happen in 21? (laughs) In-person events, the biggest trend of 2020. (laughs) Really large in-person events. Yeah. Everyone's going to be together all the time. I don't know. But we didn't have a podcast weird. back then, so we didn't make that mistake. We we give you complete accuracy here on the freelance stance. So <laughs> what we say, trust it. It's going to happen. <laughs> trust it. Write it down. Put it in your diary. Save it for later. Um, okay. So, Trent, we don't have any listener feedback or uh, email this week to to cover, but we do appreciate the five reviews on Apple. We've gotten five. Thank you, guys. Five-star five reviews. So... Um, mom, we dad, appreciate it. Grandma, grandpa, thank you for doing that. <laughs> auntie, auntie, we thank you. I predict we'll get more of them. See what Ooh. I did there? Ooh, nice. In, in twenty in twenty twenty one. That's my first prediction wow. of this episode. We'll get more iTunes reviews. So you ca- you yeah. guys can really help us out by making that true. Don't make me a liar. <laughs> you can be part of the future. By just pausing this and going and leaving a positive review, a five star or a four star if you're just not feeling that generous, but I'll take a. But if, yeah, if it's a four star, tell us why. If it's a, if it's a one star, just stop listening. Just go ahead. We'll come to your house. <laughs> no, that actually cracks me up when someone takes the time to leave a one star review. It's like, just stop listening. It wasn't for you. I actually All read right. some today of other podcasts. Unless we are blatantly being false in our uh predictions wait you the earth is round you. the earth is okay. round are you sure yeah i think so okay. i read that somewhere so okay me too i think if you're in vancouver and you look across the bay see seattle anyway <laughs> <laughs> um all right so we're gonna go in this order because um this is the established order of the future show it's we'll start with marty and then Actually, I'm not sure. I think it goes to me. It's you, Jake. Yes. Yep. And, and it ends, ends with Brandon, who's got his eyes in the sky. So feet <laughs> on the ground, eyes in the sky. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's get into it. Trends 2021. 
Mr. Marty theory. Um, I'm going to start with a question. Jake, do you have your own website? As a matter of fact, I do. Brandon, do you have your own website? What do you know? I actually do. <laughs> I also have my own website, but I need to update it. And we probably all need to update it. And I think this year, everyone's going to update their website. That is my prediction for 2021. Specifically, either it's going to be uh, more a better way to communicate on how they're going to solve their problems for their clients. Uh, either, either if it's a, if they're a designer, a photographer, whatever work they do for freelance, um, I predict that, that people are going to focus more on their uh, process instead of their projects. What do you think? I'm already kind of living that lifestyle. So yes, I completely agree. Process yeah. all the way. You're not wrong. I think that's a great, that's a great angle. I'm intrigued. I think, yeah, I think so. What's been going on, I think, especially if you're a web designer and, and I, I'm one of them and I do this right now and I'm working on it. Uh, we tend to focus on the projects and all the projects that we did and all the things that uh, we've built. Um, and that's basically going to be our portfolio or that's going to be what our website's going to be. Um, whereas I think that people are understanding that that's not enough, that they need to work on maybe uh, showing more uh, things about their process, how they communicate. Um, specifically, uh, emphasizing how their process helped solve a problem. Um, focusing in on the client's issues. Um, <clears throat> there, the, the book that I've been reading, Story Brand, talks a lot about this as making the, your client the hero. So your your website or you who you are, your brand is not the main uh, character in your story. It's your, it's your client or it's your customer. And so I think that uh, in the future or right now in 2021, people are going to focus on uh, the problems that their clients have, the, um, what they're, what they care about, their goals, uh, their values, um, what they already know about them, what they, what their dislikes are, what the solution was, what their, uh, how the service made their, pro their product better or made their lives better. Um, so that's where I think is going to be, uh, the main focus of a lot of people, uh, in this new year, 2021. You know what I think is crazy? I think you're right. But this is what blows my mind because I've, you know, we've all read that book. Well, Brandon and I have, and you're, you know, making your way. Are you finished with it? Are you done? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I'm, so, I'm reading it again. Okay. Smart man. Um, the client as the hero, it makes total <clears> sense. <throat> and you can, this is what blew my mind going through it. If any one of us were in a group of friends and one person kept talking about how great they were, You'd be like, this person is an idiot. I don't want to be <laughs> friends with this person. I'm not, but you know what happens? Every client, every client service website is like, we will solve all of your website needs. We are the best in our industry. We come look at us and our accolades and awards. Like, how does that, how, why doesn't that translate? It's mind, mind bottling. Well, I think, um, understanding your client and understanding what their problems are is um is really important 
And I think that a lot of people are now understanding that's, that's going to, that's how you're going to be able to market yourself. That's how you're going to be able to help, uh, how you're going to be able to help other people, uh, with whatever product you have, if it's design, if it's photography, if it's, uh, being a music, music teacher, uh, whatever, if you're a writer, um, <clears throat> being, being able to, um, understand who those, who your client is, what their problems are and how to provide their solutions. What's cool is too, is like my second point is uh, of what the future is going to be that everyone's going to build their own website. Um, there's so many ways to now to build a website. And especially if you're a designer, you know, there's always been this great debate of should designers code? What do you guys think? Do you think designers, web designers should code? I'll take Brandon, I'll take the first stab at that. As yeah, someone who who used to back in uh, let's see early two thousands, I actually made websites for a PR agency, which is kind of funny. Um, so yeah, I, I made websites and I worked with the designer who designed all the assets, shipped them over to me, and you know I slathered them on Dreamweaver like you did back in the early two thousands. Um, yeah, nice. so I I always. I always liked that process, but I will say I, I thought it was always weird how the the girl at the time, that woman that was the graphic designer, you know, she'd, she'd design it, it would look beautiful, and then I'd have to go and, like, code it and make it work. I always thought that was kind of strange, like, why is this being divided, this effort? It seems like she could do a better job making the whole process from beginning to end. So, in my mind, a designer who can build the website, I mean, that that's the perfect combination, because I always thought that was strange, just creating images and then shipping them to a coder. It just seemed like, why don't you know how to do that? Or it's not that hard. Oh, interesting. And your, what's your what's your take on this, Jake? So, yes, I agree with what Brandon said. But also, let's take it to the other thing that gets built, uh, commercial, residential. You have an architect who does all the design work. They figure out what's load bearing, what's not all of the details around that. And they hand it off to a contractor who then follows those instructions and builds it. I think if you had an architect, no one's saying, well, why isn't the architect building this thing? That, that is, there's not even, cause the skill set seems so far removed, but I think in the, the, the web world, it's, it's ones and zeros. I mean, you're, you're mm. dealing with the same the same it's software um i don't think every designer is has the analytical brain to code and i don't think every person who develops has the the eye for design but when you can find that perfect pairing aka marty theory it is just such a beautiful <laughs> thing brings a tear to your eye so i agree with both of you um i think jake was saying that designers don't necessarily have to code but it'd probably be a good idea if they did. Um, but, and then also, but then Brandon saying, yes, I think the designers should co learn how to code, especially if they're building websites. And I'm going to agree with both of you and say, no, what designers don't have to code. And I'm going to say, yes, designers should learn how to code. Um, the reason why is because I think 2021 is going to be a little bit different. We have this new movement. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called no code. Oh yeah. Or hashtag no code, oh, the yes. no code movement, yep. right? Love it. You've got all these new tools that have come out <clears throat> to make it easier, flexible, save time to build, to be able to build full scale. I mean, you can build apps, you can build websites, 
with with backends, with databases, Webflow, Shopify, Squarespace. You can use some of these tools that make it super easy and you don't have to know any code to do it, which is pretty interesting. Um, there's even an app called, uh, I think it's called bubble.io that will let you make native apps for iOS and Android with just click and drag, which is to me insane. So check out bubble.io. I actually um, signed up a- for their, for their stuff. I signed up and oh, got really? in their funnel to get, cause, I, cause that just, that intrigues me. Uh, an iOS yeah. app, I mean, that's intriguing. I could think of a handful of uses for even past clients that that would be cool to be able to pu- push something else that, that used to take hiring an agency and dropping 25, 50 or a hundred grand to get an app into an app store. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked out Webflow before, if you've ever had to make a website. Yep. Um, I used to work with this guy named uh, Nelson Abalos, oh, I'm sorry, Nelson. I wrecked your name. Nelson Abalos, otherwise known as the Pixel Geek on Twitter, Pixel Geek. This guy um, will will turn you into a Webflow fan. Um, he almost did it for me. He almost turned me into Webflow, a full-on Webflow, uh, just moving all of my websites over to Webflow and, and start using them. Um, he is... Uh, he started actually a community, um, and he's extremely passionate about Webflow uh, and the no code movement. Check him out; he's pretty he's pretty good. He's actually um, he's got his own YouTube channel. He teaches you how to build websites with Webflow. Um, so I don't think that necessarily uh, it's almost like a must have uh, for to, to, in order to learn to code. I don't I don't think designers have to learn to code now these days. But then I will flip that and say, yes, I think you should learn to code. Why? Because I feel like if you learn the basics of HTML, CSS, I feel like you're closer. You're closer to the design than a developer is to that design. HTML and CSS, which is, you know, may take a couple of weeks to learn. Uh, you may not learn everything. And HTML, you know, CSS is constantly changing. There's constantly new technologies in the browser. Um, you don't have to learn JavaScript in order to build a website. Um, there's a lot more things you're doing. You can do with CSS animations, um, <clears throat> SVG, uh, all this cool stuff that you can do with HTML and CSS to build really, really nice websites. Uh, if you just take a couple of weeks to learn it, um, it bridges. I think that there's a closer gap between the design and HTML and CSS than a developer and the HTML and CSS. So you, you technically will have a lot of, um, a lot more control over the design. Um, but there's a lot of good resources out there to learn how to code. Uh, West boss, Scott Talinsky, Chris Coyer, CSS tricks, free code camp. You can just go through that whole for free, the whole course for free. Um, so, and then the other thing is just build it. You know, that's how you're going to learn, build it and release it. And can we so, just, can we just mention that it's not hard to learn HTML and CSS you, it, becoming a master of it and knowing what to do with it is one thing, just like with any skill. But I'm telling you, if you're intimidated by that, it, I, I like what you said, Marty, about you don't have to learn JavaScript. Even that's relatively easy to learn if you have a coder's mind, but HTML and CSS, there's no excuse not to learn it. If you're, if you're in that industry, if you're a designer, you, right. you need to know how to spin up a prototype, you know, yourself. 
Yeah. And I understand the pain point because designers didn't, didn't get into, uh, web design because they wanted to stare at code all day. They wanted to create beautiful interaction, <laughs> interactive, uh, interactions on websites. They wanted to create uh, beautiful experiences, <clears throat> but, um, you know, most likely, uh, designers have a graphic design or a print or a, uh, classically trained art background. Um, and that's where they're coming from. I mean, I used to draw cartoons. That was my thing. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cartoonist. I wanted to work for Disney and I had to teach myself how to build, build websites. You know, I gradually went through everything to get to where I am today of building, you know, how, knowing how website, how websites are built. Um, but my, I had no intentions of ever staring at, uh, a, a, uh, a terminal or a code editor all day. Uh, and looking at my wife comes by and she's like, I don't know how you look at that all day. And I was like, well, I don't know how you look at spreadsheets all day, but anyway, mm, uh, <laughs> real talk right there. That's another, that's another. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> spreadsheets. Ooh. Anyway, but yes. So looking at editors all day was not something I thought I would be doing. Uh, most of the time I, th I wanted to be, I wanted to express my creativity, but what's cool about this whole thing is that you're a designer, especially if you're a web designer, you can solve problems. And you're going to learn how to solve those problems. And either you're going to do it with code or not. And what's cool about 2021 is you have so many options. Um, are you going to have a little more control over the design if you can code? Sure, but not necessarily. Now you have Webflow or now you have these other tools, Figma, and it's other tools that you can just press a button that creates the website for you. And now you have complete control of what that, what that website or app is going to look like. Will you have more job opportunities? If you learn how to code, not necessarily. Um, it used to be, yes, of course. Um, but now, you know, if you get, if you really get into the discipline of UX, that is a good career path. And that can be something that, um, especially if web designers want to get into, they don't have to learn how to code to be a UX designer. So those are my couple of things. I had some, some other stuff, uh, especially like AI. Like I think what's interesting in the 2021 could be, artificially intelligence or artificial intelligence creating designs. Um, I think people are scared. They're going to designers are going to lose their jobs. Um, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about it. Don't, there's never going to be an app or a piece of software that um, is going to take your job. <clears throat> it's only going to make help you. It's going to be a tool. It's going to help you make a job better. So I think our jobs are safe in 2021. Unless your uh, job I think engineers is yep, putting bottle tops on top of bottles. If that's well, your yeah. job, you might. You <laughs> I might don't know. If, I don't know if any freelancers. I hope no freelancers are doing that. A freelance but bottle it, capper. <laughs> yeah. The thing about artificial intelligence is they'll never understand their client. They'll ever understand their customer, the problems that they go through. They'll never be able, never be able to be, uh, never be able to empathize with their, their issues that they're going through. Um, they're never going to be able to be compassionate and show them how to fix this problem. So, um, I think AI is interesting and it's fun and it's going to be a cool tool to use, but your job's safe. So I think our jobs are safe. So that's what I got for 2021. I have to comment on the AI thing real quick. So I, I had a yeah. client in AI code reviews, deep code, which got acquired recently. Um, and one of the pitches we did, 
um, GPT three, that just the acronym just came to my mind again. It's, it's this huge big data thing, which is crazy. But anyways, personalizing that to the web design programming side of things, they did have some proof of concepts where you would literally say, create, um, a giraffe or create, um, a grid of whatever, like basically describing what you want to see. And it would write the code. And it was pretty cool because it was conversational programming. And that's how smart that AI was that you could just describe, like, I want a page that has this, this, and this, and it would spit out code to get you started. It wasn't perfect, but it was AI coding. And like you said, it's not going to create a award-winning website, but it is going to be awesome for all of our careers to get a head start on whatever we do for designing, marketing, PR. I think there's going to be like, I want this and at least it will spit out something to get you going. So I am a fan of AI for templates. I think that's going to be good for all of us, but definitely not produced final produced work. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause there's this guy named Jordan Singer. He, he, um, he actually tweeted out, this uh, G- GPT three uh, Figma plugin, and it made everybody go nuts uh, last year. And he wrote, it was like an app that has navigation bar with a camera icon, photos title, and a message icon, a feed of photos with each photo having, and the GIF is really slow. But anyway, so he just typed this into a box, and there's a little, there's a little big huge button that says design, and he presses it, and it makes the thing. Isn't that amazing? So, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's like, all right, that's a great head start. Okay, all of that work that you you would take to build the boxes and buttons and for in the uh, the design system behind that, if you could just type that in a box, say, all right, design it. Let's get it. Got it. Good. I, I love all of this. And actually, um, I was in a, on in clubhouse shocking. I know, um, was you? in a, was in a room that was music, um, and wait, tech wait. startups. Is it clubhouse? Wait, clubhouse? clubhouse? Yeah. Clubhouse. <laughs> That's, yeah. You've heard of that. Um, it was music and tech startups. And it was actually this uh, guy by the name of Matt Miller who has a, um, I got the beta version of my phone now, but it's audio bridge and it is a musician's tool where you can collaborate and it helps essentially fix some of the difficulties of, of recording music by using a, a simplified interface. But I'm sure a neural engine is probably part of that, of understanding that. But what was really fascinating is that room that I was in, um, Deadmau5, who I don't listen to EDM, but he's a pretty big deal. Um, he happened to pop in the room and heard that conversation of this guy pitching his product and argued that there shouldn't be a democratization of music and that he likes it, that a lawyer goes to school for all these years to learn what they're doing. And he doesn't want his dentist to have learned it from, you know, an AI dentist. Um, but I think there's a flaw in that reasoning and just that, that helping people get together and make music, there's never like for AI, that was some of the arguing, the arguing that was going on. Like AI is so good that it could create the perfect song, but you know what? There's always going to be humans who don't want the perfect song and they're going to rebel against the status quo and the norm because that's what humans do. There's never going to be the perfect scenario for music, but I, I love AI. I think that is, I think 2021 is going to be, cause you know, everybody's been doing in 2020 working on their AI projects. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. hold on. Is it, is it, I've been saying it all wrong this whole time. Is it, it's not dead mouse. It's probably dead mouse. I'm old. I'm not in. I think cool it's kids. dead mouse, but I wasn't going to say it anything, is. Jake. Thank you. I, I wasn't that. No, I, I wasn't. I, I really, really don't know. So I, 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 I thought it was, it? it is, it is actually D E A D M A U five, which 
you know, that's what it is. That's the handle. So that's what I read. But Dead Mouse, I Sorry. think you probably right man i could be, um i could be wrong I could let me go wrong. hold on my vcr is uh my vcr is getting a little <laughs> bit rattled here i think i gotta go press the i don't think he or she is a listener i don't know what that mouse is what what gender we're talking but <laughs> what, okay. whatever it is Fair i don't enough. think we have to worry about it um anyway yeah i love your i love your uh picks marty i think those are super smart thank you super smart um all right. Well, then it comes to marketing. If we're going to get to to my angle next, here, here's my hot takes for 2021. If you've been paying attention to the news at all, privacy has been a huge thing. If you've if you've surfed the internet in the past, oh, I don't know, year and a half, you likely have found it increasingly common to click on and accept all cookies at the bottom of the page. And if you're on a phone, it's really frustrating because it can cover sometimes up to like 30 percent of your screen. That's because the European Union put in a privacy policy thing that you had to basically tell everybody what you're doing with their info. So that's why you're seeing it. Are you talking about GDPR? GDPR. Yep. Um, Yeah. So so that's taken place in Europe. And right now you've probably seen the little debacle between Apple and Facebook with iOS 14 point whatever, um, forcing apps to explicitly say, Hey, can we have your permission to track you across all the things? I think that's going to be one of the biggest trends for 2021 in the marketing space is this conversation between privacy, what people are giving out, what people aren't giving out, um, requesting access. You know, I think back in the day we always, I mean, did you guys ever click the terms of service and just say, accept install every single time? I do that now. Right. You don't read that. Well, the the problem is, is all these companies and some nefarious ones, that assumption, that behavior is just a learned behavior. Everybody does that all the time. So some of these privacy policies, and I can't remember which one, I think it was for a kid's app was like 13,000 pages long of what it, of yeah, of what it allowed them to do with that information. There was like an illustration for that or something. Yeah. So I saw that, saw that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that essentially how everything gets ruined, you know, my resets recess when you're a kid, like you, you can't go out for recess. It's because there's like one kid who's dumb and like ruins it for the whole class. That's what's happened in the privacy world. There are some bad actors, AKA Facebook and a bunch of other companies that are tracking all of your data and then selling it. So I think that's going to be the next the next wave of companies trying to circumvent that. So, you know, marketing relies in, in a small town, you're on a Facebook ad. You want to show it to people that are within 50 miles of your business. Great. That's fine. That's still going to work. Um, other companies, and you've probably seen this and I would love it if you guys had an example, you don't have to feel like you need to, but, um, if you ever felt like your phone was listening to you, because it an ad popped up for something that you were like, I don't remember talking to people about this, but there's an ad. So that's a two part thing. There has been speculation that that some apps, some of the permissions allow it to listen to what you say, Alexa home, you know, some home devices. Um, but also that's the algorithm has gotten so good that based on what you do, you know, we're all unique. Like everybody else. We're not all of the stuff that we're doing is trackable, predictable. 
if you go to the Jeep's website, you might go look at some big tires after that. You might go look at road trips, off-road trip. I mean, like the, it's just, it's predictable. So that's, that's my first one. What do you guys think about that, that idea of a privacy becoming a major focal point for 2021? I hope so. Um, I think there's going to be probably a lot of legal stuff behind it that maybe won't, because I mean, these companies have so many lawyers behind them, big, big paychecks behind them. So um, I don't know. It it would probably be, have to be somebody who's pretty powerful to, or at least somebody who, who understands the, the, uh, you know, like I said, having empathy for the users, like really like, Hey, I'm going to come, come, come to, you know, come to bat for these guys and really step up and try to defend this from happening or these things from happening or prevent these things from happening. Um, but I think, I think you said one time that you feel like there's going to be a huge privacy leak that will make that happen. Or you think that's what it would take. I do. Yep. I do. I think it will take for the average consumer to care what people have about you and the the way I imagine it. And I hope this comes true just because it'd be awesome to be right ahead of time. Um, (laughs) I also hope it doesn't come true because it'd be devastating for a lot of people. Probably if, if something was revealed that put a dollar amount next to your information to find out that, that, that Jake Knight, that my information is worth $18,000 $18,000 or 180,000 or $18, you know, whatever, maybe it's not worth that much. I don't know. But for someone to see that, that other companies are paying that money to get their information and they're not receiving anything from it, no compensation. What about a new, a new lawyer type? Who's a privacy, uh, a privacy lawyer. Has your privacy been violated? Call 1-800 privacy. Now I can just see that happening. Um, well, this this has been heading this way for a long time. And of course we know Apple is taking the pro privacy stance that we don't need to sell you as we, everything stays on your device. We have no interest in monetizing your activities or interests. It's just, you know, software and hardware. Um, so they've been standing out like that, but you have to check me on this, but I, I was yesterday. I, I did see some articles come out about Facebook saying, that they predict there's going to be trouble for them with their advertising because of the, some of the restrictions on privacy. So they actually, their forecast for advertising, and again, I hope I'm explaining this correctly, but I saw a couple of articles about it that they're forecasting that marketing is going to, or their advertising is going to take a hit because it's not going to be as robust as it is now because of some of these concerns and some of the things they're going to have to do because Congress is getting involved and it's becoming a whole thing. So they're not going to be able to run wild like they did. All these these platforms aren't just going to be able to target you down to, you know, what you're thinking at that moment like they can today. There's there's going to be guardrails in place that prevent them from being so invasive in your life. Have you guys seen those ads on random like just I mean, on like uh, news articles or, or whatever that Facebook is putting out now about their uh, the internet regulations haven't changed since the fax machine or internet regulations haven't changed since we had, since the hashtag hashtag was a button on the telephone. I'm starting to see those. They're like Facebook stands with internet regulation change for 2021 or something like that. In other words, Hey, we want to, we want to advertise to you. We want to track you. Please, 
please, uh, you know, call your congressman so we can do that for it, please. We, that's this how we is, make money. This is the one time when I feel like it's PR that's been kind of slimy in that. And normally uh, it's marketing, but I feel like their PR team is really turning this to make it seem like it's a really a win. And, and in, in all fairness, like but everybody was, rolls their eyes to that. Well, they know. Uh, here's the thing. I don't think they do. I think there's a lot of people that believe what they see on their screen. So, I mean, there, there is that, but, but here's where I think that the delicate balance is, and we don't have to have, we could have a whole show about this or series. I probably hope there probably is a podcast about this, but if, if I have, let's say I'm a senior citizen and my significant other has a heart issue and I'm Googling heart problems and, and I want a product or a service that might help save my my mate's life, right? I might, I might be looking for something in that case. I want that advertising to get me because I need to find that information. But the problem is there's a lot of nefarious advertising that's out there or people just making a lot of money, um, especially in the health space of selling people stuff like that. So anyway, um, that's my one trend. The other one is, um, marketing trends is, um, OTT, over the top with the uh, um, YouTube TV, Hulu, all of those, you know, Netflix, all those platforms that are kind of getting outside of cable networks. I think this year we're going to see way more personalized ads inside of those spaces because they're going to know your viewing habits. They're going to know your gender. They're going to know your age b- based on how you signed up. So, and I think I mentioned this to you guys before I saw a Salesforce ad when we, were, we have YouTube TV and Salesforce is a pretty high end CRM system that not the average Joe would care about. And I was joking to myself, like, I can't believe they would advertise on. And then it hit me. I'm like, Oh, this was targeted. They hit me because they know what I do. And I'm in this tech space. So that's my other trend. Highly personalized Netflix, YouTube TV, Hulu, Amazon prime, Amazon prime, get out. That's like, forget about it. You're going to see shows pop up that have products placements based on what you like. That's, that's meta, but yeah. anyway, dynamic ad insertion that already exists, but yeah, it's true. Oh man. So that's, there's my marketing predictions, uh, trends for 2021. I've got a bunch more, but Hey, this is a, we can't talk for 17 hours about this unless we were on clubhouse <laughs> in that case we could, but we're not. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So what Brandon PR trends, you're on like the most cutting edge of all of what you work with startups. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of tech company trends. Like that's why I love talking about AI and some of this stuff. Cause that's, that's kind of, and I'm about to work with a crypto company. So I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, oh. so there's all sorts of industry things, but I'm going to be focusing on the PR side. So we're, we're talking about our areas of expertise and our profession. So the PR side, um, is the predictions are, are not, uh, earth shattering. These are things that are trends that have been going that way for a while. Um, but I, I believe that, um, they'll dominate more in 2021. So first of all, back to basics is the first one. And what I mean by that is, um, PR is a pretty simple profession in the sense that you have a story to tell, you figure out a way to tell it and you figure out who to tell it to. That's, that's the bulk of what we do in the PR world. Um, but there is because like every industry tech is starting to take over and there's automation. There's all sorts of tech tools that are trying to automate some of the 
activities you might do in PR, um, things that can be useful in some cases. But when I say back to basics, I mean, not just not really using those automatic things that might help or streamline. I'm talking about who you communicate to. And so every industry, you might think there's there's hundreds of people you could talk to, thousands of people you could talk to, influencers, bloggers, reporters. But I think back to the basics, thinking about who are the top 10 or 15 people that would be most interested in your story. Those are the people you talk to and you give them your full attention. You you work to give them exclusives. You you do a lot for them instead of spreading yourself out across a lot of different people. You're really focusing on the people who matter and developing a close relationship with them. Uh, again, this isn't breaking news, but the point is, I think a lot of people have lost their way and it's easy to do with clients because they want to be everywhere. And they're always like, why weren't you, why weren't we mentioned here? Well, you can only focus on so many people at a time. So I think the industry is going to push back and say, let's, let's really focus on who matters and organizing our efforts around them. The second thing on that is once you've gone back to the basics and you've really focused on who would accept your company's message, your news, what you're doing, your story is to put in extra effort. So these two are kind of connected. And that basically means not sending necessarily a basic email pitch. And you could write the best email pitch in the world. You could be personalized. You could have a great thing to say. You could have data to back it up. But I still don't think that's enough anymore. Um, I've been obsessed and I've mentioned on previous episodes about video pitches. I think they're irresistible. You have to watch them. If you create a custom demo for a reporter and shoot them the link, how much more does that say about your story than just, you know, 300 words in an email? It's just way more exciting to have something visual, something personalized for them that they can watch and reference and, and learn from. Um, so I, I think I think there's going to be a little more video integrated into PR communications. I think it makes sense. There's a lot of really good tools that help you to do that. And if you do have a top 10 list of reporters or influencers, why not go the extra effort? Shoot them a three minute video um, telling the story, showing them a preview of what's to come. That's way more compelling than even a really good personalized email pitch. Finally, what about yep. what about synergy synergy? You know, you've got to have synergy. It? <laughs> yes. Just so everyone knows, Marty sent this email that was horrendous about all the synergy, synergy synergies. I can't even say the word. Oh, uh, it had every acronym, every irritating sales tech influencer acronym in it. Don't pitch like that. That's that's my other trend. Don't use the word synergy in your pitch. That's a that's a good rule. <laughs> appreciate the synergy. Yeah, appreciate the synergy. Oh, long story. Google it if you want to see it. Uh, and then finally is this idea of DIY PR. Actually, Marty mentioned this in his part about people are going to do it themselves. Well, guess what? I'm kind of orienting my business around the fact that people are going to communicate, tell their own stories. Everyone's got a megaphone now. Every startup, every CEO, they have social channels. They've got networks. Why don't they communicate to the press themselves? They're already talking to customers, investors. They're telling a story. They have everything they need to then just flip the switch and use it as a press activity. And so I, I think if you're a seed funded, maybe Series A funded startup, you are in a great position to do your own PR. 
to tell your story, to make it exciting. But the thing is, what you need is someone to help you with that, to give you the plan, to give you the best practices, to come up with your targets, who you should contact in what order, you know, when you should contact them. Basically a playbook that gives you everything you need for your team to go forth and conquer the PR world. And surprisingly, I know a guy that does that and he's talking right now. So, so I, <laughs> I love this. I'm a real fan of it. Um, and I think that it's, it's kind of like HTML and CSS, which is something you can learn pretty quickly. Some forms of marketing, everyone's marketing themselves these days, these days, same thing with PR. You can find a reporter covering your, covering your industry and pitch them your story. You just need some guidance on how to do all that. So I think a lot of a lot of those smaller companies are going to take it into their own hands and just avoid paying a PR firm 10 grand a month when, you know, a lot of it they can do themselves. So those are my big my big trends. What do you guys think? Uh, some of those had some overlap with yours, but generally, but back to basics. Yes. Extra right. effort DIY. I love it. Yep, DIY. <clears throat> I think, do it yourself. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Yep. Do it yourself. That was the other thing. I didn't mention this in, in mine, but I think there, a lot of the ad platforms are going to now try to make it easier for people to put ads out that DIY. I do think this is 2021 is the DIY year. Yep. Yep. I think so. That's great. Well, we all agree on that. So that's fantastic. Um, so if you're a DIYer on Etsy, this is your year. This it is, is your year. You go, you go, gal, girl, guy, do it, do it. All right. So now that we've discussed our trends, I think it's time for our freelance dance picks of the week. Yes. All right. And in a random, I went first last week because you all said I didn't go first enough. So I did. Um, but I would like... <laughs> Brent or Marty went last last week. So this you're first this week. Who is Marty? Brandon's first. Marty's <laughs> first. Okay. Brandon's Brandon's uh, stuck in the last? middle with you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> okay. So right, Marty, I found this cool thing and my cool, th this cool thing or this pick of the week is by this guy named, um, his website's called Hector.me. And uh, let me make sure I know what his name is. His name is Hector is a user interface designer, but he doesn't have his last name. Too bad. Well, Hector.me. Hector Simpson. There we go. We found it on his Twitter. Hector.me slash Aqua UX. Or I don't know how you how else you would pronounce it. A-Q-U-E-U-X. Um, this is a collection of dynamic wallpapers. This is just a cool little thing I found. It's three bucks. It's beautiful old school uh, Mac wallpapers that just he looked that he basically made uh, to look like the future and now. Um, and uh, I've got them on all of my devices: iPhone, iPad, uh, on my Mac, on my other Mac, um, different. Different colors, aqua, graphite, crystal, noir, solar, sir. Um, he's even got the like the uh, dynamic daylight editions where they'll like change colors throughout the day, which is pretty cool. But yes, check it out. Hector.me slash aqua UX. They're pretty cool. They're only three bucks. Um, go get it. I love it. 
Nice. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, I think wallpapers are super underutilized. I would love to see more brands put effort into creating custom wallpapers that featured their brand ID on it. Well, you know what's I thought about the other day too was that I, I take a lot of screenshots and some of these screenshot apps, which I may save for another pick. Um, one of the ones that I use, you can actually have your wallpaper be the background edge or border around that screenshot just to make your screenshots a little prettier, you know, and you're sending okay. them to your friends, my family, <laughs> your loved ones, clients. I, I would, I would like to request, um, that you make some freelance dance wallpapers for our iPhones. Oh, Ooh. okay. So, Challenge. Interesting. All right. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think you could do something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be super high res though. So you better have, better, be. your, uh, better have enough room on your phones. <laughs> clear some, clear some data. <laughs> 19 gigabyte <laughs> wallpaper. Um, <laughs> all right. So because I went first last time, <laughs> there's no algorithm. I don't know. I'm going to go next. Do it. I'm going to go next. Sorry, Brandon. Um, clubhouse. That's my, that's my pick. Uh, the clubhouse app. Um, if you don't have it, it's probably because you have an Android phone and it's not available for your device yet. Um, oh. or, or you haven't had an invite because it's currently invite only. It's still beta alpha beta. It's very 15 million. There's 15 million users. How many users are on there? It's seven. got a ton. Seven, seven million. million. Yeah. See, I was joking. When, when we joined, there was just over two. Wow. So again, super new. It's essentially an audio only app that allows you to have real time audio conversations in rooms. Um, and you can either be in the audience where you don't have speaking privileges or you can be invited onto the stage, kind of like what you'd experience if you went to an event. And then there is another section called followed by the speakers that someone I heard someone say it's like sitting in like front row people that that's and everybody else is kind of like in the other seats. But anyway, what I, what I love about it is it's, and I'm not the person to say this. There's a guy by the name of Brian Fanzo who said that it's the first social media app to prioritize conversations. Like, you know, social media apps all were like, Hey, we're bringing people together, but you don't really want to hang out with the people you're Facebook friends with. Like you don't. You don't. No, nope. I mean, it's just that's just a thing. <laughs> um, and it's because, you know, it's been around for, you know, a decade and a half ish. And it just this is just a, such a super cool platform um, that allows you to get into rooms and hear from people, have conversations with people, learn. I mean, there's some junk stuff, too. But um, you know, one of the first days I was on it, I was able to ask Damon John, who's in Shark Tank a question about goal setting. I'm not going to have that opportunity. Jake from state farm, you know, I'm not going to have that opportunity. <laughs> so it was a, it was a pretty awesome, it's Title. a pretty awesome platform. <laughs> yes. And I oh, am wearing man. khakis. I'm sorry. I'm wearing khakis. Um, I can only wear khakis now. Actually, that's just truth. Anyway, that's my pick clubhouse. It's a super, it's super interesting thing. I think it's going to have a huge ramifications for brands because you can't fake who you are. You can't hide behind a social media profile, a bunch of cool pictures 
or a bunch of smart tweets. Um, you have to, it's who you are. So I like the authentic authenticity of it. And I'm just super grateful, Brandon, that you shared those invites with Marty and I, you know, yes, I bestow that privilege upon you. Thank you. And I do, (laughs) I do have some, I have a couple of invites left. So if I think I I have five invites, they keep giving us more. Yeah. I got, now I've got four. I got five more today out of, out of nowhere. Oh really? Yeah. It's, 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 they're crazy with those invites. They're definitely about to open this thing up. I think I've invited five people who haven't accepted and I feel very, I feel bummed, you know, <laughs> I've wasted those invites. Come on, come on, they accept, will. The, accept the invite. Just, You'll enjoy yourself. Um, anyway, that's my pick clubhouse. I've got a lot more to say about that. I think it's a, an awesome tool, but I'll save that for another episode. So Brandon, we have now come. Everyone's to- been waiting. Everyone's been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah. So I use this tool in my, my day-to-day work. It's like, it's one of the main subscriptions I have to carry. We all have like $5 a month, $10 a month subscriptions for tools we use for work. This one is a little more expensive in the many thousands of dollars a year. Um, but it's one of those things I need to have. And it's, it's called Cision. If you're in PR in potentially marketing, you know what it is, but they have a lot of PR tools, media databases, reporting, um, uh, distribution channels, all that kind of stuff. I subscribe to the media database. It's fantastic to say, Hey, I need to find some reporters covering, you know, Bitcoin around the world, um, are, you know, print publications that cover crypto or radio stations or whatever. So it's, it's a great tool. And if you're familiar with how that works, you know, you know how that works. Um, I'm picking it though, not just because it's it's a, a good tool. It's probably overpriced and needs to be a little updated. But the reason I'm picking it is um, I had an issue with an updated version they've they've created. They've redesigned it and tried to make it a little more modern. And it's it's actually a good improvement. I'll give them credit. It's going in the right direction. But I had some issues with my filtering. And just happened to let my account manager know. He he reached out to me and was wondering how I enjoyed it. Come to find out they scheduled a product team meeting with just me. It was me and four of the product managers and they wanted to hear more about my issues and and what I expected and what I'd like to see. I was pretty impressed by that. I'll be honest with you. And I thought, okay, I told them, I told them what I, I think should change and they'll never do anything with it. It's a big company. Come to find out like two months later, they reach out to me and say, Hey, we've made the changes based on your feedback. And now we want to show you and see what you think. I couldn't believe it. I thought, okay, great. I mean, it's a common issue. Well, yeah, it's 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 an issue that a lot of people would have noticed because it was something they had before that wasn't in the new version, which is a killer thing to do. By the way, if you're updating your product, don't take away a feature that your your customers love. Just and, a quick I mean, question, Brandon are Are you the only user? <laughs> I am one of many thousands. This is a publicly so traded you, company. So you were that important. I love it. We are among royalty. This is they, incredible. They knew I had clubhouse invites and that's really what they wanted. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they, they showed me what they had changed and walked me through it and wanted my honest feedback and had a rating scale and all that stuff. And, and I think it's coming out pretty soon. The changes they showed me anyways, just big, big shout out to them for that. And also for anyone who works for a company that serves clients, if you can do something like that where they give a complaint and you actually bring your team together to hear them out, 
and then you fix the problem and show them what you fixed. That's pretty impressive. You expect that from a small company, not necessarily a large one. At least I do. Um, so I was impressed and I, I give them credit for that. So good, do- good job, Cision. And uh, I wish you were a little cheaper, but uh, what are we going to do? It's going to cost me a lot. The, you should get the influencer discount now. I think you should uh, influencer discount. Well, I'll, I'll send them an audio recording of the show next time my contract's up for renewal. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yes, good job and good job to please your clients that way. So that's my pick. Nice pick. Yeah, that's a great pick. And thanks for that story along with it, because that there's a lot we can learn from that. But I'm 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 impressed. I'm impressed. That's not something. Um, yeah, I don't a know lot of big think. companies do. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Not, 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 not nobody common. does that. Um, lesson learned. Well, thank you, guys. Um, it's been a good episode. It's been fun. It's been super fun. Thank you. It's thank you honestly, for all your inputs. Our our pleasure, the three of us, to bring this conversation to someplace you can download it and hopefully you listen to it. That's really, Look, if you don't, we're still if, having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're not listening to it, we're having fun. This is fun. Yep. So, um, again, as we kind of wrap things up for this episode, um, if you had any feedback for this episode, thought we were spot on or we were wildly mistaken in any of our views, uh, hit us up on Twitter or send us a message or DM us on Insta find us on clubhouse we're pretty much everywhere we don't hang out on facebook that much but i'm sure we would check the notification if you reached out to us there too so yeah thank you for that and if and again we uh i think linkedin too linkedin that's kind of a big deal don't forget linkedin for us linkedin LinkedIn 2021 (laughs) heavy hitter too (laughs) gonna be heavy hitter you heard it here folks all right well fantastic conversation and what do you say we do this again next week? Sounds good. Let's do it. All See you right. next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore freelance dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.